You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 148 of the Comic Book Informer podcast. We're coming to you on November 12th, and man, do we have a great show for you this week. Uh, this is Vince along with Raj. How you doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic. I got to launch our movie and TV and anime podcast reviews. Finally, I'm just ecstatic. It only took a few months longer than we were planning, <laughs> but there's like four episodes for folks to listen to. Listen to so. They should go. See, I've just been telling people we didn't want to launch with only one episode. <laughs> I did not tell anybody why it was taking long. <laughs> I still won't. <laughs> but, but it's out and I'm ecstatic. So, folks, go to popcornronin.com. That is the name of the new podcast. And that is our, it'll be primarily movies, but we're doing also some TV periodically and, and some anime as well. And we've got four. In my opinion, fantastic episodes. I just edited everything recently, so I've been listening to it all. Some of them are a little bit longer, but I mean, for that kind of show, you expect it, and it's fun to have more in-depth conversations. So very, very happy with it. Go listen to it. Leave us some comments and show us your support. And episode three is the best. (laughs) The one where Vince nearly quit. That's what I almost called it. It was it was a good run while it lasted. Yeah, really. Although I got to say, the anime one <laughs> that we just recorded last week clocks in at an hour and forty five friggin' minutes. <laughs> it's a little long, but we talked about nine different anime shows, and you know me well enough that when it's been going long enough. I mean, you've seen how I handle that in Fourth Lore. <laughs> it's like let's just trim it and move on, but. This I just thought it was fantastic beginning to end, even just listening to it. So I'm really hoping that the people who listen feel the same way. Yeah, when when you're having a good discussion, it doesn't feel like you're sitting there for two hours. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, well, as for some comics, we have a lineup of brand new stuff uh, to look at this week. And we're starting off with the comic we have both been greatly anticipating from idw written by jim zub art by andy suriano and that of course is samurai jack number one and there have been several comics over the last month or so that have just made me incredibly happy to read and this is one of them well part of it is that it's that that memory of what the show was and how much it meant to us and then the fact that this looks just like it because of who's doing the art for it. And then on top of that, the feel remains the same because of Zub's writing. So it, it's almost like a continuation of something that we thought was done, which which really helps endear it to us. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it retains that same feel of the show. Of There's no great exposition explaining exactly what's going on here. We get the one-page intro, which is just like the intro from... The, the TV series of, okay, here's a guy, he's a samurai, he's in the future, uh, evil demon, just go. go. It doesn't require a whole lot of explanation. Although, that's not saying it's, it's, a, it's a light backstory, just that it's, it's able to be boiled down simply enough that you can just jump right in at any point, really. And what we get here is just a fun Jack adventure. Like, nothing 
crazy, nothing hugely epic, but still a blast. It feels like it could have been an episode of the TV series. Very, uh, very much, yeah. Yeah. Jack visits uh, this wise old seer uh, named Soul, as uh, Zub said, is actually named after comic writer Charles Soul, and tells him the story of the Rope of Eons, which Aku actually used to learn how to manipulate the time stream. And once he learned all that he could from the Rope of Eons, he shredded it. However, parts of it remain as the threads of time, and if someone were to go around and collect the threads of time, they could rewind the rope of eons and gain mastery over the time stream. And of course, this is something that greatly interests Jack, because he needs to travel back to his time period and defeat Aku there to prevent this dark future that he's become imprisoned in. And that's that's your story. Go find the threads. I mean, I, I said a lot, but that was like a page and a half worth of comic <laughs> Yeah, the rest was all the fights. <laughs> yeah. So we, we get Jack just wandering through the wastelands, comes across this spider den thing, and ends up in a gladiator pit. In the, like I said, in a matter of pages, this thing moves along at a great clip. And we get page after page of this fantastic fight scene uh, because the, the, the guy in charge, I don't even know what to call him, the ringleader, whatever you want to call him, pit master, I guess. Gives Jack his choice between five opponents, and one of them was, of course, a Wolverine analog who was hilarious. (laughs) And Jack realizes, you know, he could defeat all five of them, but fighting five opponents in a row, it's kind of tiring. You know, by the end, maybe one of them would get in a lucky shot. So he just fights all five of them at once, and it's great. The only thing that I – because I do have some – criticism of this as much as i i i did justifiably love it it needed to be longer than one issue like you're saying it runs at a a, a, a great pace i didn't think it was great i thought it was too fast as a matter of fact because when you're looking at some of what is happening i really wish it he'd taken more time now i understand some of that is not his choice and some of it is trying to fit in this massive storyline that he has in the space of well he had been told what was it four issues i believe is was the original deal so he had to try to make sure that he got all that in but i it was too fast and jarring at points so the pacing seemed off i don't know it didn't feel like that to me but because the, the the tv show even had a awkward pacing at times oh i i'm not going to disagree with you on that it's just again i just thought that overall reading it i i I felt that it could have done a lot better had he had it been spread across more pages Mm -hmm. but uh, there's really not a whole lot more to say i mean it's it's, like i said it's simple but not in a bad way but if you are a fan of the cartoon if you even aren't and want you know a nice nice thing to uh, get started with great comic to pick up well worth it oh yeah all right next up we have from image comics we have pretty deadly written by kelly sue DeConnick, art by emma rios and jordi belair and you have just been going insane over this comic so i'm gonna let you start off with this one well what i liked is that it really showed that uh DeConnick has a, a really powerful writing style it's it's one thing to write the spandex comics and do a good job at it which she quite obviously does and tell great stories and have phenomenal characterizations and 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 all of that which again she quite clearly does but it's entirely different to write a comic like this which is beautifully written like 
incredibly well written. It's it's the manner in which she uses the language that proves just how good a writer she is. The story itself is phenomenal. The characters I can already see myself caring about them, but it's also just the if they survive. Yeah, if they can survive <laughs> this, but it's also just. I shouldn't say just. It's the manner in which it's written, the stories that are told. It's it's all of that. It's it's a, again, it's a leap forward in terms of what we've seen of her writing style thus far, which is again very very different than writing the spandex fair, which, I mean, when you're writing your spandex fair, the narrative is straightforward because that's what it has to be. Unless it's in the mind of the character, at which point it can be a little bit, have some colloquialisms or or things like that. But for the most part, it's still fairly straightforward. But then you get something like this where it's, it's, I, I actually emailed her and I was saying that, some time ago, years back, I, I wrote a poem and it was about dancing with the language, being so proficient with it that it feels like you're dancing with it. And from a male perspective of having your hand at the small of its back and being able to gently guide it where you want. And that's how I equate beautiful writing now since then. And so when I see something like this, it's again, it's Kelly Sue DeConnick dancing with the language and it comes off beautifully and it still gives you this phenomenal story at the same time yeah i mean you can see there's so many different elements here of course you have all the classic west classic western elements in there and it works great but there's so much beyond that all this internal mythology that she has built in this world that she's created with emma and you can feel even though we've only seen one issue so far that there's so much more depth here, so much more story to tell with these characters and just the way it flowed. It was very poetic and it it felt like, you know, like an old epic poem of, you know, telling the tale of Jenny, the death's daughter and all this. I loved that, that little stage play uh, that Fox and Sissy put on at the beginning. That was just great. The artwork, Emma Rios has reached another level. Like we've talked about her art at least once else on the podcast. She did the artwork for the the Cloak and Dagger Spider Island miniseries. Right. And I remember you weren't you weren't a huge fan of it. I liked her style as it was very similar to what she did in the Osborne miniseries, which was actually the first time she worked with Kelly Sue. But this is completely taken to another level. She's really refined her line work. It's beautiful. The color work by Belair is unbelievable. This was an absolute treat to read. I read through this comic three, four times, and I love it. It's really hard to put so much fit into words, actually. And the art was phenomenal, but not just that, but it fit the story so perfectly. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, that's something that is worth mentioning when we come across that sometimes they're both very good, but then you have instances like this where it just blends so perfectly. And, and again, yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to go into too much on this, but there was a a very popular story circulating around right after this comic uh, released of a certain comic shop owner that really didn't like it. And, uh, in very extreme ways, basically convinced all of his customers that they shouldn't buy this comic. And really, that's a yeah, oh yeah. It's um, again, I'm not going to go into too much. There's, it's out there if you really want to find it. But it's um, that's it's a real shame because <laughs> this is you know one guy's opinion who 
I mean, yeah, he's the comic shop owner. I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people take his opinion to heart, but if he didn't like it, fine. But to basically tell everybody in your shop, and you know, that's your business is to yeah, sell things really. to people. <laughs> that it, it really disappoints me that now there's this, a huge portion of people who probably aren't going to experience something that is very unique and really you don't see stuff like this in comics. That's that's just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I oh god, <laughs> some people are just ignorant. <laughs> but an, a comic shop owner that, like you're saying, that's their business. That a lot of them complain that they're not getting enough business because of digital sales. <laughs> then telling people not to buy something just because they didn't like it—that's just ignorant and stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. If somebody asks your opinion offer it but don't flat out you know tell people not Jeez. to buy something. Jesus Christ on this podcast even when we don't like something we tell people buy it yourself decide for yourself and then let us know if you don't agree uh, there have been a few times we flat out told people not to buy something well, not very often but then again it's not something we are selling yeah man <laughs> but yeah very very excited for uh, future issues of pretty deadly absolutely love it I am too all right, next up, also from Image, we have Velvet, number one, written by Ed Brubaker, art by Steve Epting and Elizabeth Breitweiser. And every time I've brought up a Brubaker comic on this podcast, we've had vastly different opinions about it. So I'm wondering how this one's going to go. Uh, Velvet is a spy story set in the uh, early 70s, so it definitely has that James Bond feel to it. And I'm not saying this was fantastic, oh, it was amazing, but I really enjoyed it. I've I like you know spy stories. I'm a huge fan of the James Bond movies, so this really scratched an itch for me that uh, I enjoyed. Okay, I don't want to say I didn't like it because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were expecting that. I don't want to say I didn't like it because I actually did enjoy it. But to say that it was fantastic is not how I feel. It's it's. Oh no, I'm not, I'm not saying it was you know the, the best comic I ever read or anything like that. But I liked it. The, see, the thing is, and and I I like spy thrillers. I read spy thriller novels. I like spy thriller movies if they're well done. I like them. The thing is, is that if they fall immediately on the cliche that the old James Bond cliche of shagging everybody, then it's like, oh come on, seriously, this is. There's more to spies, I'm quite certain, than hooking up with every other spy in existence. There's got to be more to it than that. And so this here, it basically starts off immediately with talking about how loose Velvet is, essentially. And so I'm not being drawn into a good spy story. I'm being drawn into a spy shagging story. And it's like... Eh, not as much. I The potential is there that it could have been a lot better, but again, with that, it's just kind of comes off as weak and bleh, cliche I, James Bond I didn't Bond see crap. it like that. I mean, at, at, oh, at please, look best, through the pages. It's a, it's a minor plot point. Okay, no, no, go back and read it, my friend. <laughs> go back and read the first few pages for a while. I mean, the entire point at the beginning of them, the, the other voice talking is saying about how loose she is and sleeping with everybody. And then it talks about her and she's talking about everybody that she's and this guy too, that, that she shagged and she liked him and he was different. And then the water cooler talk with the secretary that all the secretaries in the, the bathroom were crying about this. I'm like, really? Is that all this comic is going to be? So, yeah. 
I didn't see it like that. Okay. How can you not? That's what's on the friggin' page. She mentioned she'd had sex <laughs> with a couple of the other spies, and that this one in particular had a thing for secretaries. And that, that, I said, that's at best a minor plot point in the story. All right, then. I mean, meanwhile, we have agents being killed, uh, her former trainer being framed for his murder, her investigating that and being framed for now his murder itself. The 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 storyline reveal that she's obviously more than just a secretary. Uh, that what I actually really liked is she's not some young girl either. This is someone yeah. who who's experienced in the field, and you can see even in the artwork she's not old, but. You know, she's probably past her prime, let's say. And there, there's a lot of interest to be found there of, you know, what she did in her past, how she ended up as a secretary, and now what she's going to do once, you know, she's back out in, in action. Like, there's, there's a lot to the story that I am interested in seeing how it unfolds. And there is. And, and that's why I was saying I, it was good. I enjoyed it. But there was a lot of eye rolling along the lines of what I would do if I was watching an old Connery Bond movie. Because to me, that's not and, – and I know a lot of people love the old Connery Bond movies. And I mean, I enjoy them, but there's a ton of eye rolling. And so that was this with the entire bits at the beginning with the her banging everybody. It was like, oh, come on, really? Why not just tell a damn good spy story? I still think you're taking a couple lines of dialogue and blowing it out of proportion. Of but okay. lines of di- I will take freaking screenshots. <laughs> And post it in the show notes for you. That's what I, I'm big freaking red marks circling everything. See, okay. look it, look it, look it, look it. Okay. I wasn't lying. Those four <laughs> panels in this 25 page comic are really going to make a difference. Anyway, I'm taking screenshots as we speak. <laughs> the final actual comic we're talking about, again from Image, they've been putting out a lot of. Uh, new stuff lately, is Three, written by Kieran Gillen, art by Ryan Kelly, and again, color work by Jordi Belair. Uh, he's in a lot of uh, good stuff lately. And uh, I like what the premise of the story is. I just don't know if there was enough here in the first issue to really grab a hold and even tell me where it's going in the future. But Gillen is definitely doing something interesting here of the the entire concept of the ancient Spartans we have a very idealized vision of their, their society of, you know, being this great warrior race, you know, these 300 men, you know, defeated thousands of Persians. And that's part of the truth. It's basically become so mythologized and legendary that we accept basically not exactly the full truth. And that there is a lot more to Spartan society than, you know, just these fantastic warriors. I mean, you have an entire society based around war and, you know, military strength, well, someone's got to grow the crop. Someone's got to keep the things together. And Gillen's telling the story of the large slave caste that existed in ancient Sparta in addition to the warriors. Is that the, the particular story and solely in issue one, I, I don't know if there's enough there to really judge off of. But as an overall concept, I, I'm curious to see what more we can get out of this. That's exactly it. The concept as a whole – has me hooked, especially if you read his commentary at the end. If oh, yes. you read his commentary at the end, then it gives you a whole different way of looking at the issue. But if you read the issue in and of itself, I found that it was kind of disjointed at parts, 
not entirely clear either. And so it wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't enjoyable. It just not nearly as enjoyable as you know, as once you know where he's going with this. Like the mm-hmm. idea again of the, the 300 thing, though that's blown out of proportion. It's, it's, it would have been the the numbers aren't you know 300 versus a million kind of thing right. and then what i like though is him saying that it wasn't even just 300 because every for every one soldier you then had at least one slave holding the shield and stuff like that so you had a lot more men on the field so that's the story that i want to hear mm-hmm. and I, the 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 interactions between the slaves and the, the Spartans and stuff like that. Yeah, that will be phenomenal. So this is the groundwork for it, showing how those societies worked together and used one another. Well, one using the other. So I, I'm thinking that this would be far better to read as part of an anthology where you're reading like four or five at a time kind of thing. Right. Because just the one was jarring. Yeah, th- this definitely felt like an issue zero, almost like a prologue issue, because at the end... I don't know who our main characters are going to be because I think they all got killed. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not sure what the overarching storyline of this particular comic is. Basically, it just it set up the concept and the society without really giving us more to go on. Yeah, but uh, definitely something I want to keep my eye on in the future and see what he does with it. Yeah. All right, and finally, not an actual comic book. Uh, we actually have a web comic that I'm talking about this week, and it's Disenchanted, uh, found at disenchantedcomic.com, written by Cy Spurrier, who we know best as the writer for the fantastic X-Men Legacy, with art by Jeremy Aramos. Uh, listen, I give you a hard time over a lot of names. I, sometimes <laughs> there's too many letters that aren't supposed to go together. <laughs> but yes, a German Aramos is what I'm going with. And this is just bizarre. <laughs> like he, I, I like how he's taken a lot of traditional fairy tale concepts and shown this different world where, you know, human society has taken over so much that, you know, the fairies can't live in the forest anymore. They have to live underground. And it's just really weird. It's, <laughs> I don't even know if I particularly like it yet, but I'm kind of entranced by it. I didn't read any. <laughs> Not because I didn't want to, but because I forgot. <laughs> you paused there and I thought, yeah, we're done. We're going to what we're reading. And then he said, and now we're going to talk about, oh crap. <laughs> I kind of forgot about that. I read the others. Okay. Cut me some slack. <laughs> well, I'll be interested in hearing your opinion of it next week. Damn it, I'm not reading it for next week. I'm busy with all these other comics. But it, it, it's definitely something worth checking out, absolutely, because it's free. Yeah. Uh, it comes out every Monday, and uh, the first two chapters were 25 pages each. Uh, the third one was like 13, I think. But they're not full comic-length pages. But it's, it's, defi- it's still a, a fair amount of writing and artwork. The art is really cool. Like, it, like I said, it takes a lot of you know this traditional fairy tale imagery, but it's run down, it's dirty, it's broken. You know, the society is you know crumbling. There's there's a lot to this. The story is very disjointed at this point, bouncing around between several characters. It, it's it's definitely something that's going to take a while to kind of come together. So that's why I said I, I can't even really tell you if it's good or not, or if I really like it because. I, there's so much going on here. I, I don't feel I've gotten a, a, quite a grasp for what's going on. But like I said, it's you know three weeks 
it's been out in a, in a web comic. So uh, the story is going to you know take some time, but it's definitely it's pretty cool. It's and you could tell uh, looking at all like the the background material on the on the website. You know these huge maps, all all of like this whole wiki they have set up. There's a lot of depth to what they're doing here. Cool. So cool. I, I have a lot of hope for where it's going in the future. I will check it out. I will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, into what we're reading this week, and before we get into what we've actually been reading, I saw the new Thor movie. <laughs> you know what, dude? <laughs> okay, I thought you'd be proud of me, but then I, I turned out to be a jackass anyways. We, a neighbor of mine and I, we get together every once in a while, we'll go see a show and whatnot, and then we'll go and sit down and talk about writing and books and different things. And so I, we're due to go see one, and I asked him what he wanted to go see, and he says, you want to go see the Thor 2 movie? And I know I grimaced. I tried not to, but I know I did. And I said, yeah, we can go see it if you'd like. And I'm trying to be, you know, the good little boy. And he said, okay, so I'll go and get the times. I went, damn it. What have I got myself into? Then he comes back and he's got the paper and he's looking at all the different movies. And then he says, also playing at the same time is Gravity. And I went, let's go see that. (laughs) He said, yeah, I'd like to see that too. I said, good. I said, I didn't want to tell you, but I don't want to see Thor (laughs) 2. I said, the only thing that made Thor 2 was Natalie Portman. And he said, well, she's in this one too. (laughs) Still not enough. It's still not enough. (laughs) So, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So what did you think of Thor 2? Although, also, did did you look on, on, on T Fury? Do you go on that site at all? Go today. I try not to because it, it ends up being a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Go and check out today because it's like Thor Day. There's two Thor sh- shirts, one Thor and one Loki. Oh, so, and I know the Thor one is like right up your alley. I, I almost know. bought it for you, but I don't like you that much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have a lot of conflicting thoughts about the film. Like, there's a lot of elements of it that I feel were much better than the first film. You know, tighter pacing, uh, more coherent plot. But I still enjoyed the first Thor film better. I thought it was more more fun, which definitely this this is a lot of action and super serious stuff happening all the time. And my biggest complaint about the new Thor movie is the characters didn't really change over the course of the hour and a half, like Thor, Loki. They're, they're all the same character. There, there isn't any growth over the course of the film. But I mean, on the other hand, you can kind of look at it as the Marvel movies are increasingly just becoming kind of like a comic book issue. instead of It's just the next installment instead of you know, a big, momentous thing. It's, a, it's basically everybody's just killing time until the next Avengers movie. So if you look at it in the concept of kind of like a single issue of a comic book, the story works. Like they set up a villain, they set up a threat, you know, they get punched in the face, you know, and then they go beat the bad guys. That's basically all that happens here. Um, I know you're not a fan, but again, Tom Hiddleston was electric as Loki. Like he, he has single-handedly really carried the, the two Thor films, in my opinion. On the other hand, you have Anthony Hopkins collecting a paycheck. I, he's phoned in his performance as Odin so obviously. And that is one of the things where it had so much potential. You have Anthony Hopkins, you know, one of the greatest actors of his generation. And as freaking Odin, you'd, you'd think he'd be more of a presence, but it was just like, ah, come on. I, I said, it's, it was... It was decent. <laughs> like I said, even me as the huge Thor fanboy, like it, it was a, it was a well made movie, but I didn't find it as enjoyable as the uh, the lesser movie, if you will. Did you hear that sound? 
That was Tart Darling unfollowing you on Twitter. <laughs> that's what that was. <laughs> that's it. It, 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 was a, it was a big action blast, but there wasn't a whole lot else to it. <laughs> Although as part of, you know, the universe building and, you know, as, as it's part of the great Marvel movie machine, it, there is a lot of importance to it. Meh. All right. For actual comics, uh, Captain Marvel 17, the Carol Core issue. There is a lot of goofiness in this comic, but it also had so much heart. Like, this is the comic we needed before Infinity to, to kind of put Carol, to give, to give us some closure from Enemy Within. And it's, it's once again, the supporting cast is utterly phenomenal in this comic, and it really makes Carol that much stronger of a character. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, it's a, the, the, like I said, there's a lot of goofiness of, you know, Jonah giving her like a key to the city and like this random villain type person popping up. And like I said, there's a lot of weirdness and kind of comic bookiness to it, but the, the emotional core is there and it, it's exactly what we've loved about that comic. Cool. All right. Next, we have Mighty Avengers number three. Finally, like this is what I've been waiting for for this comic of the team building issue where where they finally become a team of Avengers instead of just... You know, a couple of random heroes that happen to meet each other in the street with a villain to fight. Uh, great to see uh, White Tiger and uh, the new Power Man coming back into the fold and accepting their roles in, in what's going on here. I have a fear that, as I said, I don't know much about the Blue Marvel character, but I think he might be a little too powerful. <laughs> like He's kind of like a deus ex machina in this storyline of he just kind of knows everything and has it all going on with the watcher yeah (laughs) he chills out in his pad with the watcher he's bound to be a little powerful and i feel so badly that i should know who's under that spider hero mask but for the life of me i can't figure it out but no this this was really the issue that uh solidified this comic for me like i was like okay now this is an avengers comic now this is a team comic now i'm really excited going forward and then finally, I actually liked a DC comic. <laughs> we had uh, Earth 2 issue 17 come out last week. And uh, two months ago, in James Robinson's last issue, he revealed to you know, the readers and the world that Superman isn't as dead as everybody thought he was on Earth 2. Say it isn't so. So, of course, when you have Tom Taylor, writer of Injustice, taking over, it's like he went, man, you think Superman's a jerk in Injustice? <laughs> you ain't seen nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a perfect fit, and I, I love it. Actually, I saw it. I'm looking forward to reading it. I just haven't had the time. Yeah, so uh, that's all I've got for us this week. All right. I've been getting caught up on Saga, like I said we were. I was going to do. I'm actually going to hold off, and we're going to do that for an episode down the line. I Because I've been reading a crap load of them, but i got a lot to say about it. But... I'm only going to cover one actually today, and that is the first anthology for Lone Wolf and Cub. Well, it's actually Lone Wolf 2100, which is mm. the first four issues, and that's written by Mike Kennedy with art by Francisco Ruiz Velasco. Have you read this? No, I have not. Dear Lord, pick it up now and read it. It's <laughs> okay. um, the, the it's uh, Shadows on Saplings, it's called, and it's got... Not just the approval from Koiki, but also he actually oversaw and worked with them to a certain degree on it kind of thing. So it stays true to the character. And it is an absolutely fantastic story. 
really, really well done. You can see that he's working hard to stay true to who the characters are while still not just making it a story of Lone Wolf and Cub in the future. So there are differences and there are enough differences to make it a story that's worth reading. Even if you've read all of the Lone Wolf and Cub. So it's, it's not just a, it's, it's kind of like, again, that, that reimagining where there's a lot of different things that happen. And in this case here, the character of Ito is actually, uh, they call him MCOMs and it's basically a, a robot, an Android that's developed and it's this super fighter, obviously Android. And he is tasked with protecting a young girl and a a little baby. So in this case, it's not him and his child. It's him and this little girl. And the little girl happens to be the daughter of the scientist who's in charge of working on the MCOMs and on other things as well, having to do with um, viruses in the future and, and supposedly looking for a, um, an antidote to a virus that has wiped out a lot of society. So it's very much post-apocalyptic as you would expect kind of thing. It is as brutal as Lone Wolf and Cub is when he's fighting. So you get the dismemberment that you love. (laughs) And then you see the, the sword work later on as somebody passes down a sword to him. And a lot of it has to, uh, takes place on, on Okinawa, but again, way into the future it's the societies have changed. There's a lot of things that you expect from the post-apocalyptic settings with how gangs have taken over the streets and demanding money from small villages and, and things like that and whatnot. So there's a lot of tropes that we're used to, but it's well done enough that man, I, I was hooked, read the whole thing beginning to end and loved it. And the art is insane. It's just gorgeous beginning to end. Hmm. All Pick right. it up. <laughs> so, uh, for the record, I pulled up T Fury while you were talking, and eh, neither one of them really excites me. Really? Now, I thought yeah. that Thor one would be right up your alley. Uh, the Thor one is definitely a cool image, but I mean, it's obviously an homage to the Dark Knight Returns, yes. and I don't know. It's just kind of a goofy Which pose for Thor to have while he's in the middle of the air. Anyways, it's saying know you know, it does, if it he was cool, he'd me. be like the Dark Knight, but he's not. It's just Thor. Yeah, he's so much better. But anyway, (laughs) this week's new releases from Marvel. We have all new X-Men number 18, Cataclysm Ultimate Spider-Man number one, Deadpool number 19. We have the new Marvel Knights X-Men number one. Spider-Man one was kind of trippy, so I don't know. Uh (laughs) We have Savage Wolverine number 11, Superior Foes Spider-Man number five, Superior Spider-Man number 21, Thor God of Thunder number 15, and Wolverine number 11. From DC, we have issue 25 for Batgirl, Batman, Nightwing, and Suicide Squad. We also have Forever Evil, Arkham War number two, The Injustice Gods Among Us Annual number one. Really excited for that one. Justice League of America number nine and Superman Wonder Woman number two. And from our smaller publishers, IDW brings us G.I. Joe number 10. 
big lineup from Image. Well, not big lineup, but a pretty solid lineup from Image this week. We have Manhattan Projects number 16 and 3 number 2, as well as the launch of two new brand new series. We have Manifest Destiny and Umbral. Both of those look very interesting for very different reasons. And then from Valiant, we have Archer and Armstrong number 1 and a new comic from them, Unity number 1, which I don't know. Like I said, there's been a lot of Valiant that I haven't liked, but when they're good, they actually are kind of good. So I might check that one out. Cool. And before we wrap up, we do have something you to for, talk about. Remember, Roger. I was waiting. I was like, he's going to forget. I know he's going to forget. <laughs> the only reason I can remember is because there's a, the comic is sitting right in front of me, though. <laughs> so I can't fault you. We have been talking for a long time now about the Samurai Jack issues signed by Jim Zub. Well, they have arrived. I picked up a whole bunch of them from him, including some variants. They are all fantastic, and I am actually going to send them to you. doesn't cost you a damn thing. Email roger at comicbookinformer.com, and let me know if you would like one of these. The first ones to email will be the first ones to get some copies, and it's just going to be I'm tossing one in an envelope and sending it off to you. You don't have to pay a damn thing, and you don't have to be worried about getting added to any mailing list or anything like that. After I've sent it off, basically, I'm just going to be deleting all the emails. I could give a rat's ass about that. All I want to do is bring a smile to some of our listeners' lips, and that's going to mean sending you some Samurai Jack. So these are frame-worthy. Sign my Jim Zub. He also sent a sketch that he drew, but I'm keeping that one. I'm I'm framing that one and keeping that. (laughs) But these are going out. So just make sure to send the, the, like I said, send some emails, and we will be announcing the winner of that in a couple of episodes. So you've got some time to send in those emails. Yeah, we don't do a lot here at Comic Book Informer, but when we do it, we do it's it awesome. right. That's right. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to wrap us up here for the week. As always, you can find us at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CBinformer. Once again, Roger at comicbookinformer.com for the Samurai Jack giveaway. And until next week, thanks for listening. <laughs>